This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Artbase. Did you know that Artbase is the best love software in the art world? Artbase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art and your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports, even use it on your iPad or iPhone at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy Artbase clients all over the world. Artbase is the right software for your art business. Visit artbase.com to find out more. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Mark Rappelt, editor-in-chief of Art Review. Art Review has just published their November issue, which contains their annual Power 100, a ranked list of the year's most influential people in the contemporary art world. It's always great to have Mark on to dissect the list in a little bit more detail. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You named Hans Ulrich Obrist number one on your list. Why did you give the top spot to the director of the Serpentine Galleries this year? I mean, I think before I answer that, there's, there's probably two things to point out. One is that um, it's not me giving it. There's a panel of um, 26 people who decide this, and they're based all around the world. And secondly, that he didn't get it for being director of the Serpentine Gallery. Um, I think in the case of Hans Urich, it's, it's much more than that. And one of the reasons he got it is because he's not really confined with the limits of the walls of the institution he directs, but rather as someone who has this sort of global and nomadic influence around the world. I think in particular, um, it's about how he's been championing ideas rather than physical objects as the basic subject of art. Um, that's to say that, um, you know, he has a series of talks and conferences that he does around the world, these lecture marathons, um, which privilege the idea rather than the object. And he's turned out into something that's transferable through uh, media such as Instagram, Twitter, and other such things. And I think that's been very symptomatic of a sort of fundamental change in how a globalized artwork oper- art world operates. And overall, what story does this year's list reveal in terms of where the most influence lies currently in the art world, whether it's galleries, artists, museums, art fairs, or even collectors? Um, I think the story maybe on this year's list is it, it's a kind of... Um, mixed bag in some ways, and that it's privileging people who uh, can achieve a certain global prominence. So that would basically, in terms of galleries, most of the galleries near the top, not all of them, but most of them um, have a kind of international suite of gallery spaces. Um, And similarly, curators um, near the top uh, operate on a much more global level than within a particular institution. Um, so I think that's been one of the bigger changes. I think also the artists who are near the top, again, tend to um, be very invested in the transmission of ideas as much as physical objects. In the past, art critics and writers seem to have such tremendous influence in the art world, oftentimes serving as the strongest advocates for artists or movements. However, it seems the critics' level of influence has diminished in modern times. Is that something that's reflected in your rankings as well? Um, absolutely it is. Um, there actually aren't any critics on the list at all. Um, There's one philosopher, Donna Haraway, um, and I think a lot of her work um, is sort of being chewed over in contemporary art practice. I think the real issue, though, is that in a kind of, if we accept a kind of globalized art world, that there are very few critics who can be influential on a global level. Um, And I think that's been, the expanded geography has been a factor in that, really. So you can't just be critic of the New York Times and influence someone in Delhi or Dubai. What individuals experienced the most dramatic boosts in their rankings this year uh, from last year's 2015 rankings and why? 
Um, I think someone like Adam Shimchek, who's uh, number two on the list, has gone up a lot because I think there's a lot riding on his documenta uh, exhibitions next year. Um, it's, you know, one of the main uh, art events that sort of measures the state of things now, and I think his decision to split the exhibition into two sites, both in Castle, where it is normally, and in um, Athens, is an interesting one that sort of, in a funny way, against what I've been saying before, is very much about locating art within particular social and geographic uh, sites. And I think, you know, that's been a sort of interesting counter-reaction in some ways to everything that's going on on a global scale is to sort of locate things in a very specific reality. So I think he's sort of one of the most interesting um, climbers. I think Emmanuel Peraton's gone up a lot because his um, suite of galleries has expanded massively globally. So he's opened in Seoul in Japan as well as existing spaces in New York and Paris. So he's sort of getting this big worldwide spread. Um, and I think, you know, those are the sort of types of things that sort of uh, make the big, uh, responsible for the biggest moves on the list. And from a geographical perspective, are there any noticeable trends in your rankings this year and even over the past few years in terms of where influence resides in the art world? I know you've talked about how it's very important to have a, uh, a presence around the world, but are there any certain geographies um, that you're seeing influencers where previously you may have not I mean, I think on, on the one hand, it's becoming uh, a more diverse geography and without so many obvious centers, of, although that said, sort of New York, London, Berlin, Paris to some degree, um, still probably have the most people on the list. But I would say that um, certainly Asia has been a growing force or people based in Asia have been a growing force on the list. And I think we're starting to see um, the first signs of... Um, a greater sort of importance for African-based artists and curators on a global stage. I think the funny thing about the list is, you know, often these people may be very, very significant within um, a local geography, but it takes a while then for them to emerge onto a global platform. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh, dissecting and previewing the Power 100 list that you guys publish annually, and that's, again, available in your November issue and uh, can also be viewed on Art Review's website. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you. Thanks again to ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. Did you know that ArtBase is the best love software in the art world? That's because ArtBase offers products that do everything you need to run your art business. Track your art in your contacts and cross-reference them. Make invoices, generate consignments, run all kinds of reports. Even use it on your iPhone or iPad at art fairs or while you're away. Take it from the thousands of happy ArtBase clients all over the world. ArtBase is the right software for your art business. Visit ArtBase.com to find out more.